Welcome back to the Stuck In Between podcast. My name is Romy. And I'm Sandan. Thanks for joining us. This episode, we've got a fun one. We'll be diving into a topic that we all love, food. We'll chat about its cultural significance, differences between the East and the West, and towards the end of the podcast, we'll unpack a couple of food-related issues that are happening in the world right now. But before we jump into today's episode, we want to say thank you for the positive responses from episode four on mental health. It was great to hear that our episode sparked some important conversations with your families and friends on the topic. Now onto the episode. Let's do it. All right, so usually we start each of our episodes by talking about what we learnt this week, um, but we haven't for the past few episodes have we sent them because yeah. we've done interviews. Yeah, it feels weird. I'm keen to hear about what you learned this week. Yes, I actually have a learning. Usually I'm not prepared for this <laughs> segment. <laughs> um, but uh, given that it's Black History Month this month, um, I thought it would be timely to share a learning that I have around that. Yeah, cool. So like, I knew that it was Black History Month, but I didn't really know a lot about it and I didn't have much context on how it started so I actually learned about it um I think it was last week so it was started by an African-American man called Carter G. Woodson mm-hmm. um his parents were enslaved um and he was actually the second black person to get a PhD from Harvard oh, wow. which is amazing so he actually proposed a week for black history Um, But during the height of the civil rights movement, that went from one week to one month. And they chose February, apparently, because it coincides with um, the birthdays of two people who really fought for the rights of black people. Um, So I had no idea about this. But yeah, it was an interesting learning for me. That's awesome. Uh, I don't remember who said it, but Mm -hmm. I remember reading a quote which said, you know, like, it's great that we have Black History Month to acknowledge all the history of black people in America. Mm-hmm. But like every day is Black History Day, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's still a long way to go. Yeah, certainly. Totally agree with you. What's your learning? Um, so you know this, Rami. I'm really bad when it comes to movies. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always so late to the party. <laughs> um, but I watched Hamilton on Disney Plus finally recently. Mm-hmm. And my God, it is amazing. <laughs> uh, the music's amazing. I love how they go out of the way to remind the audience of the importance of immigrants mm. in establishing the foundation of a nation like America. Mm-hmm. And I also love these kind of stories, which force you to think about how history glorifies and remembers certain figures mm. versus how they were remembered by the people around them. Mm. Um, and, you know, bringing light to stories that kind of get forgotten and omitted mm-hmm. in textbooks. And especially people like Elizabeth Schuyler, who has done so much in her life, but history and textbooks kind of omit and forget about. Yeah, right. Um, also, my name has the same number of syllables as Alexander Hamilton, which is perfect. <laughs> oh so gosh. whenever I'm singing these songs in my head, I'm replacing his name with mine. So, yeah, it's just great. Oh, my gosh. His eyes are bulging out of you. Yeah, <laughs> and I, eye sockets right I, now. I, I've already booked my tickets for the Australian yep. leg of the Broadway um, show. But mm-hmm. I think, Romy, you're really going to regret <laughs> not coming as well. Oh, man. I'll check it out on Disney Plus afterwards. <laughs> And it's so funny that we both talked about similar topics, but we actually American didn't history. chat about this beforehand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we're spending too much time together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, let us know if you guys are enjoying the What Did We Learn segment mm-hmm. or if we should mix it up and have things like, you know, top fives or something else to kind of break the ice before we jump into the topic of each episode. Yeah, we'll put up a poll on our Instagram stories. So, yeah, make sure to respond there. And if you do have any recommendations, let us know um, and we'll roll with it. So I think I know the answer to this, Rami, mm-hmm. but if you had to eat 
one food for the rest of your life, <laughs> what would it be? Oh, this is such a tough question. If I could eat one food for the rest of my life, it would probably be pasta. Mm. In, in my head, I was like, she's either going to say dumplings or pasta. Yeah, I do like dumplings, but I'm a vegetarian, so I feel like I can do more with more variety. pasta. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love pasta. How about you? Um, I think I've got a bit of recency bias because I went to Korean barbecue over the weekend. Right, And yep. we had this Korean fried chicken, which was amazing. It was so <laughs> juicy. So I, I'd have to say uh, Korean fried chicken. Wow, very specific. <laughs> I, I wish I could take you there, but I can't because you're vegetarian. No, no, I'd have nothing to eat there. <laughs> do you reckon it's interesting that neither of us said South Asian food? Yeah, it is interesting. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because we're so used to growing up with South Asian food that we were just, yeah, we're not surprised or excited by it anymore. <laughs> so we like to try other Cause, things. Because like maybe you're surrounded by it so much that a favorite food is something more special that you might not have. Yeah, regularly. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like once you get used to eating something, it kind of becomes boring. Yeah. Yeah. South Asian food, I think for me is definitely comfort food though. Mm. Like for me, white rice mm-hmm. with padapu, which is like a lentil curry, mm-hmm. uh, spinach, mm-hmm. yogurt, and appalam or papadam. Mm-hmm. Um, perfect. I think, yeah, I think that's like the staple, like my, my growing up, the staple like meal, right? It's all like vegetarian food too. Yeah. I feel like a little kid when I have that. Oh, it is definitely comfort food though. Because yeah. have you noticed like when you travel elsewhere um, and you come back home and you're not in a South Asian country, so you haven't had like rice and curry in mm. a while, you come back home and you're like craving <laughs> a spicy rice yeah. and curry. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I do feel guilty sometimes though if I'm eating at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I'm a, my grandma, she will kind of, I'll, I'll walk into the kitchen and say, hey, I made this South Asian dish. Mm-hmm. And I also have an option of eating something non thermal. Mm-hmm. So I've got to choose between, you know, my, my heritage or something <laughs> oh different. My gosh. And if I go with the other option, mm-hmm. I feel a bit guilty because I think in her mind, because, you know, like food's so ingrained in our culture and such yeah. a big part of it. Yeah. I feel like she thinks that I'm kind of dismissing it or like forgetting it, mm. you know? Do you think she's almost offended that you're not eating the food that she cooked? I think. I think that's a part of it, mm. but I think there's also that cultural element of like, you know, oh, these children, they're not eating the food of their homeland as much as they used to. Mm. They're losing a bit of their culture and that kind of comes to as all right. Because it's not mm. always things like language, which we yeah, communicate true. and connect to our culture, yeah. right? Yeah, true. And that's not specific to South Asian culture either, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure like a lot of Europeans are really big on food too. So it would, it would count for them as well. Yeah. Um, and speaking of your grandma and that that cultural significance of it, like you mentioned, food is a huge way of, of showing love, for sure. I feel like, yeah, in our culture. Yeah. Um, for example, some parents aren't super affectionate with their kids, but they'll ask if they've eaten, and yeah. that's how you know. There, there, needs to be, there needs to be a sixth love language. <laughs> yes, called food. food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's a love language of pretty much every South Asian parent. Yeah, sometimes I'll go out or like um, I'll come home from work, and mm-hmm. the first question isn't, you know, how was your day? How are you? Yep. You know, how's whoever you went out to hang out with? The first question is, have you eaten? Yeah. What did you eat? And it's not even how was the food? I feel like I feel like it's always, I mean, with my parents anyway, it's always, do you want food or have you eaten? And I'm like, I went to dinner. Like, of course I've eaten. What do you mean? Yeah. It's a really great way of showing love. Oh, for Like, sure. I'm not complaining. No, if you're going to feed not. me to show me love, yeah, by exactly. all means. And we're so privileged to be able <laughs> to have yeah. that, right? Um, and it's also like that hospitality when you go to people's homes, mm. like South Asian people's homes, mm. they will 
shovel food <laughs> into you till you're about to like implode. Whenever mm. I go to Sri Lanka, we just go from house to house eating and I put on weight every single time <laughs> because I mean, the food's great, but I just eat way too much. But I feel like it's the same like here when you go to someone's house, right? For sure. Yeah, and then during this process of overfeeding me, mm. if I, you know, stop eating because I'm literally so full, people get offended and then they're like, oh, why don't you eat more? Yeah, okay. So this is something that I thought about and I figured yeah. out a strategy I want to teach you. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. To stop secret. myself from overfeeding? So what please, you do please impart is when you, when you go to someone's house to eat, mm-hmm. you always underserve yourself the first round. Ah. And, then, and then so you're bound to get up and go for seconds, right? So they're going to be happy being like, oh, Romy's going to get, get more food. Right. But in your head, you're still eating the same amount that you would want to eat. So if you if you serve uh, the amount that you would have eaten anyway on your first go around, you're bound to be full. Yeah, yeah, you're going yeah. to disappoint them because you're not going back for seconds. <laughs> so this way, That's actually a really wins. good idea. Okay, I'm totally going to implement <laughs> this next time. <laughs> um, I think the other way that you can offend someone, especially I've done it many times to your mum, is when I come over... Mm-hmm. If your mom hasn't fed me mm. and if I don't accept food, it's like a committed murder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even like a tea, at least. Yeah. 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 If you say no, she'll just look at you like, send then <laughs> why are you like this? But I feel like that that's not just my mom. I feel like it's pretty much any South Asian parent. <laughs> I feel like you and your mom have the same disappointed face. Do we? <laughs> Such a tangent, but I'll let her know. <laughs> Something else I love about our culture mm-hmm. is like, you know, we we have such a great importance on food mm. so much so that for each festival mm. we have a different set of dishes that are served True. so you know you're going to get different food when you go to a diwali celebration versus a pongal celebration yeah. and things like that and i guess that's something that happens across other cultures as well right cuz like the food you'd serve at Christmas would be different to true. Thanksgiving in America or, you know, Easter. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I've never actually thought about that. Um, and then there also comes that sharing of food as well, mm. especially around those those mm. cultural festivals that take place where you bring like a box of whatever to, to someone's house and then they'll return that back yeah, to you that's or the give rule, you right? some other food. You can't return an empty dish. So yeah. <laughs> Romy came over and gave our family some pongal for Tamil Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and, you know, the rule is I can't give her the dish back empty. I have to fill it and yep, return yeah, it. Yeah, and give, give me something else in yeah. that box. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so growing up, mm-hmm. did you take South Asian food uh, to school for lunch? I didn't. Um, not in primary school anyway. I don't know why, but a part of me thought I might get teased if I take food that was different mm. um, and smelly and I say smelly in like air quotes now because Mm. it smells delicious but I was just worried that because it would be different to what other kids were eating at school that they would like tease me for it right that's such Um, like a such a big thought for a child that age to be thinking yeah I never really I think I I realize now I don't know if I had that exact thought process Mm. but you know as a kid yeah and also as a kid you just want to fit in right so you just mm. want to take, like, I wanted to take my Vegemite and cold meat sandwich to school like every other kid. And I liked yeah. that too, um, because I guess at home I was eating South Asian food anyway. Yeah. But did you take South Asian food to school? No, I didn't. But I remember once, I think it was high school, mm. um, I was eating, so as many South Asians do, we eat a lot of our food with our hands, right? Mm-hmm. So I was eating rice and curry with my hands mm-hmm. when a mate of mine came over. Yep. A Caucasian mate? A Caucasian mate, yeah. Yep. So uh, as Aussie as Aussie can get kind of bloke right yeah um, and he walked in and he saw me eating rice with my hands and you know my hands are a little bit messy and he kind of stopped and he was like 
Hey, bro, what are you what are you doing, bro? I was like, oh, so, sorry, man. I'm just finishing up dinner. Just give me a couple minutes. I'll wrap up, right? Yeah. He's like, no, you're you're eating rice with your hands. Oh, th- oh, you're playing a joke on me, right? Oh my god. <laughs> That's what you're doing, right? I'm like, no, this is how we eat. And he's like, no, 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 dude, you're kidding. And I was like, no, no, dude, this is actually how we eat. Wow. And, you know, that's something that I guess if you have never been exposed to before, it's yeah. such like a shock, right? But it's yeah. so normal for like literally billions of people on earth. Exactly. Yeah. And it almost like because we eat rice with like different curries, like yeah. multiple curries, it yeah. almost makes it easier to eat with your hand, mm. to mix everything together. Um, whereas something like a stir fry, I guess, like I you feel, don't need to, to mix. It's already mixed. I feel, I honestly feel uncultured when I eat rice with a fork yeah because i feel like i'm doing a disservice to the food and how you're meant to be eating <laughs> yeah, it yeah yeah definitely so speaking of the differences um between the east and the west when it comes to food another thing um in india and sri lanka specifically i think traditionally people used to wrap their food uh in a banana mm. leaf and that would be like their lunchbox slash yeah. plate and the flavor that comes from that, yeah. like I ate food off a banana leaf. Um, they still do that at some weddings and things like that. Yeah. I know in Hindu weddings. Uh, so I tried it and it just tastes so good. So mm. imagine that wrapped up with all your curries mm. inside all day and then you unwrap it and then it's your plate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess one of the great benefits besides the food element of it is the environmental impact, right? Because mm. you don't, we don't have, you know, all these plastic lunch boxes and exactly. things and plastic takeaway containers, right? Exactly. So just thinking back to my grandma growing up, mm-hmm. um, one of the things she talks about all the time is how, you know, she lived the typical village life coming from a farming family, right? Yeah, wow. So the food that they ate, they grew or their neighbours grew and it would be yeah, like a tradition yeah. of, you know, sharing what you have. Um, yeah, so she always talks about how, you know, nutritious the food was because... Mm. You know, there's no preservatives. Yep. If there are preservatives, it's all like natural because the spices that they use to like keep everything fresh. Mm. But now she's exposed to the way we live here where there's so much processed food, right? Um, so it's yep. something that she always reminds us of like how unhealthy the eating culture here is versus when she grew up. Mm. Right? Yeah, so true. And speaking of the different spices and, and things used in South Asian food, I think that's what another big difference, I guess, between any cuisines or any parts of the world there's differences in the food um there's just so much intricacy and like it's daunting looking at all like the different spices that Mm. go into one curry Mm. um and people cook with what was available where they grew up right like with your with your grandma growing up in a farming village they would have cooked with certain foods like for example a lot of Sri Lankans cook with coconuts because it's a tropical country and there's heaps of that Um, apparently the fish is great there um so yeah I mean and then Something like cheese is like never used in mm. Indian or, or Sri Lankan cooking because, yeah, it's just not what was uh, used there or, or made yeah. there, which is really interesting. It's also crazy to think about how, you know, for my amama growing up, mm. they didn't have the technology that we do now oh, to yeah. cook and to farm, right? Yeah. So to have that ingenuity of knowing how to do all those processes yeah. with the little resources that they had, yeah. um, it's quite insane. And, and it's also crazy to think about how back then, um, not knowing as much as we do now about sciences, mm. knowing that certain foods or plants or herbs or yep. spices would, um, would you know, have such specific health benefits yeah. or like functional benefits, like, you know, knowing which spices are going to help preserve meats, right? Yeah, exactly. That's something that's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then also I think another thing is the the religious aspect behind mm. foods as well which i think is quite unique 
to South Asia, like being vegetarian on certain days, mm. you know, in Hinduism um, for religious reasons, but also functional reasons, right? Yeah, so, so something I noticed at work, there was mm-hmm. someone in our team who was quite surprised that someone else was vegetarian on certain days of the week. Yeah. And I think something that people don't always understand mm-hmm. is that, yes, there is a spiritual and religious element to being vegetarian, yep. um, but there's also a practical element to it too. Mm-hmm. In, in Hinduism, one reason why you might be vegetarian on certain days mm-hmm. is that it's a good way to kind of cleanse your body yep. because you're yep. detoxing. Mm. Um, and another thing is like teaching yourself discipline. Yeah. So if you're forcing yourself to be vegetarian on certain days, you kind of being, have to be strict yeah, yourself exactly. and um, learn self-constraint. Yeah. So it's elements like that, which I guess uh, I think is really cool, but people might not really read into. Yeah, and it's not just Hindus that do that, right? There's mm. other cultures and religions that do similar things. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, and then adding to the religious aspect of it, mm-hmm. um, you know, food's such an integral part of going to the temple, right? Because yeah, you know, you'd true. go with your family, you'd pray, mm-hmm. and then you'd share a meal together. And it's such like a communal thing, right? Because, yeah. you know, there'll be other people doing the same. So you're, you know, the kids might be playing together while the adults are having a meal. Yeah. And, you know. That's so true. And also um, in Hinduism, food is like an offering that's given to God mm. or the gods as well, um, called like prasad or prasadam. Um, which is also interesting because it's different. So it's almost like a blessed yeah. food. Yeah. Um, so it's extra you, special. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. it's being blessed. Yeah. yeah. And I know something you touched on just before was um, how your grandma talks about how processed the food is mm. and how it freaks her out, which, you know, totally understand. She's, <laughs> she's so right. Um, but it's so interesting if you look at, you know, when I travel back to Sri Lanka or other South Asian countries, you see how much fast food mm. there is now, which, mm. you know, obviously is something that's come through because of globalization and westernization. Pizza Hut in Sri Lanka is like a proper restaurant. I mean, this is in the capital though, so there are some areas without it all. Um, there's rice at KFC, so they <laughs> kind of adapt certain foods yeah. to suit that country. But yeah. at the same time, there's so much more nutritious food available. You know, maybe if you go to another shop <laughs> or just cook things yourself yeah. <laughs> with what's available. Yeah, and then I guess speaking to that, even you know, looking at things here, how much influence South Asian food has had in some of the n- food trends that you're yeah, seeing popping up? Yeah, so it's like up? twofold, right? Yeah. The West has influenced the East and the East has yeah. influenced the West. Yeah. yeah, the beauty of food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and to your point, like if you go to a, a, a supermarket here and we're here in Australia, so you go to a Woolworths or a Coles, there's like an international food section, yeah. which I don't remember like when that started up. Like I don't know if I mm. remember that growing up. I'm talking more to things like oh. turmeric lattes. Ah, yes, that's an interesting one. Putting turmeric in everything. Yeah, or like, you know, people being like, hey, let's go out for chai tea. Like, you're literally saying tea, 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 tea and And naan bread. <laughs> yeah, bread, bread. Exactly, and things like turmeric. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's been used in the South Asian community for, for centuries, years, yeah. right? Yeah, centuries, literally. It's something that your parents give you when you feel sick, some turmeric and some milk. Mm. Um, and apparently it was cold, but. A story that I forgot to mention before um, when I was talking about international foods being mm. available in supermarkets, a colleague of mine was saying, uh, she's she's Aussie, but her background's Chinese. Mm-hmm. She was saying that she went to a supermarket and there was a bottle of sauce and it was called Asian sauce. And what she, is Asian sauce? <laughs> that, that was her question. She was like to me, Romy, what, what is Asian sauce? Please define it to me. Is Asian a flavor? I was just like, that's, that's hilarious because there's so many countries that make up Asia yeah. 
And so many different sauces that go into one Asian dish. 100%. An Asian sauce from South Asia is going to be very different oh, to one yeah. from Southeast Asia. Exactly. <laughs> Let alone like, like Central Asia or, you know. Exactly. But, you know, props to the West for at least integrating some of that food into supermarkets, I guess, right? I mean, it's a step sure. forward. It's a step forward, although please, <laughs> please improve your range of sauces. <laughs> I think it's cool to see how... You know, when within our family or within our circle, mm-hmm. whenever someone comes across like a snack that our parents ate growing up mm. or, you know, a restaurant which serves a certain meal in a very traditional kind of way, mm. um, it's kind of spread throughout everyone in the circle and everyone goes and tries it or everyone goes and buys it, which I think is really dope. Yeah. It's kind of like that nostalgia of, you know, being back home, having street food, yeah. or having, you know, the same snacks that they had growing up. Yeah, that's so, so true. I guess for us, maybe it'll be like mammy noodles Roll yeah, ups. Roll ups. Yep, yep, yep. That's a sunny good one. Sunny boys. Oh, yum. Sunny boys. Did <laughs> your parents um, find any nostalgic food recently? Yeah, they did. Um, which I think was like really like a really like cute moment to see them yeah. like bond over that. Oh, that's so sweet. What was it? I'm curious to know. Um, it was kind of like a I don't how to I don't know the word for it. It's kind of like in the shape of a samosa, but the outside's like a roti. With mm. some cur- like a curry puff, okay, essentially. Okay. But it's essentially a curry puff, but not. Not crunchy. Not crunchy, yeah. yeah. That sounds so good. <laughs> this episode's making me hungry. <laughs> um, and I think the other cool thing is given that we're, you know, lucky enough to be in such a multicultural society, we get exposed to food from so many different cultures, mm. right? Um, and it's awesome. Like, um, I have Chinese friends and we did hot pot together and uh, you know the like one Chinese friend kind of led the pack and taught us how to to do everything and then the we traditional did it way yeah, exactly really cool, otherwise yeah. I'd just be like dumping things into yeah. the soup not knowing what to do um and then like they taught me how to wrap dumplings and things like that as well that's mad but okay so you know my friends have done this too mm. but I'm guilty of not taking them to show them the food of my homeland mm. are you the same yeah, I've taken them to Indian food, but not Sri Lankan food. Um, do you think, I don't, I don't know, like growing up, mm. maybe I'm making kind of a generalization here, mm-hmm. but with South Asian food, it was more on the kind of like lame end of the spectrum when it comes to different cuisines? Maybe. Do you think Do you think that's why it was? Do you think we thought it was lame because we were so used to it though? Or like we, when we go out, want to try different food because we're so used to eating South Asian food? I don't know, if, if I'm going out to eat, mm. like, and we're trying to make a group decision, I always veto South Asian food because I can just have that at home, right? Exactly. But yeah. then, like, growing up, do you think, as generally, as an Australian society, if you were to rank uh. what was hip or was cool, mm. do you think South Asian food would be on the bottom? Like, towards maybe, the bottom end of the spectrum? Maybe. But then Us now, growing up, which was in the 2000s, by yeah, the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But then now, now, there's a lot of, like fusion yeah. restaurants popping up which which i think now is starting to make yeah, things a little more cool that's so true because you know what i saw on instagram um a few fusion restaurants that have come up specifically sri lankan ones which i feel like weren't as common like for example mm. you know we're from sydney in australia like when you go to the city there weren't as many sri lankan restaurants back in the day more indian mm. um but i saw like hoppers which is like a sri lankan food i don't know how to Describe it's, it. It's it, like it a, looks like a bowl. Yeah. Where the outside <laughs> is like crunchy. Yeah. But the inside is like soft, a little yeah. bit like a pancake. Yeah. We'll put a photo of it on That's probably a better idea. Story. Yeah. <laughs> but basically I saw, um, so you, you put egg, you can put egg in that yeah. and, and you make it. It's so, so yummy. Yeah. Um, but I saw one, it was like an eggs Benedict, mm. but in a hopper. And I was like, what? 
That's like so with yeah. the hollandaise sauce and everything, but in a hot pot. Okay, I'm so like, I feel like that would taste pretty good, wouldn't so, it? So like to that, I went to a place mm-hmm. um, uh, which has dosas, mm-hmm. which I guess like you could like it's like a savory crepe essentially, yep, right? Yep. Really classic South Asian mm-hmm. meal, right? Yep. Um, but these guys had like really like out there flavors. So there was one which had like corn and cheese. What? There was one with like uh, strawberry, banana, and chocolate syrup and all the so stuff, like right? A, like a pank, like a, almost like a sweet crepe. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Which to me, I mean, it didn't taste bad, but it didn't okay. sit right because right. it didn't feel like I was eating, you know, what it was supposed to be. Yeah. And I think, I guess like these restaurants are more targeted to people our age, right? Mm. Because my parents would never eat somewhere like that. Because <laughs> it's like too out it's, there. Yeah, because for them, they wouldn't be eating tamu cuisine. Yeah. They'd be eating something completely different. Exactly. Like it's not even remotely yeah. close. Yeah, because it's not what they grew it's up too with out at there. all, right? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, as long as it tastes good, I think it's interesting. You tell my mama that. that. See what idea. she says. <laughs> Yeah, so it's interesting to see though, right, that change um, where, you know, we grew up almost like not wanting to, well, me anyway, not wanting to take South Asian food to school, but now it's become like way more, mm. I you, guess, you appreciate prevalent it more, right? in society. And then you, you also appreciate it a yeah. lot more. And I think in general, as you grow up, you start to appreciate your culture. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially why the we started podcast, the podcast, right? Exactly. Um, but I think the same goes for food. So I think sure. now that you've brought that up, I will take people I know to have <laughs> Sri Lankan food because it's bomb. <laughs> so now that we're, you know, appreciating the food of our, you know, tradition and cultures more than we might have growing up, mm-hmm. um, are you learning how to cook South Asian food? Oh my gosh. I'm guilty of not really because I'm so, like I was saying before, it's so daunting, the different spices and mm. the amount of ingredients that goes into one dish. So I've been putting off learning, like I can cook other things, but I've been really putting off learning to cook South Asian food, but I really should because I would like to pass it on to my kids yeah, and cook sure. them like Tamil and Sri Lankan food. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to have to take them to my mum and dad <laughs> every time. Um, so yeah, I'd definitely love to learn. Like I've cooked a couple of dishes but i really have to follow recipes you could always cheat and take a trip to homebush or pendle hill i could but i would love to to cook it myself as well i won't have romy's love exactly how about you yeah i mean during lockdown Mm -hmm. my mama taught me how to make parapu Mm -hmm. which is a lentil curry Mm -hmm. that i mentioned earlier was one of my comfort foods yep but yeah you know there's so many dishes in her in her cookbook yeah that's you know stored in her head yeah Uh, that, you know, yeah, I definitely need to put more effort to learn. You know what? It'd be cool to do an, either an episode or maybe some, maybe we can put up like an IGTV of her teaching us how to make yes, some dishes. That I think that'd be, be fun. Cool. That'd yeah. be so much fun. Yeah. Um, and speaking of your grandma, like teaching you how to cook certain foods as well. I feel like that's another issue with my mum. She has all these recipes stored mm, in her head mm. and I'll be like, how much of this do I put? And she'll be like, oh yeah. And she'll just freehand and start pouring like spices in. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I need, <laughs> I need a measure. Like I'm yeah. going to stuff this yeah. up. They've been doing it oh so for so long that yeah. Yeah, it's second nature to them. I mean, it's not only, you know, recipes that are sort of my mum's head, right? There's so much like history about yeah. our family and so much knowledge about our culture. So yeah, I'm really pushing her to kind of write all this down, but yeah. maybe you can help me encourage her. Yes, I will. <laughs> um, so before we wrap up, mm-hmm. I've got a couple of questions for you, Rami. Faluda or strawberry milkshake? What? <laughs> I wasn't. Go. Faluda. <laughs> Biryani or upper? <gasps> Biryani. Really? Oh. You're wrong. I'm just just saying you're wrong. 
Um, dosas or pancakes? Probably dosas because I don't have a sweet tooth. Yeah, okay. Um, pizza or like roti and curry? <gasps> roti and curry maybe, but I love pizza. Probably roti and curry. Are you sure? Yeah. Lock it in, <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> and last one. Dumplings or pasta? Pasta. Good, because I was testing you because you said earlier in the episode that your favorite food was pasta. Oh my gosh. I swear this episode has got me hungry and that little quiz you put me on the spot for has got me so stressed. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like, food's so great, right? I mean, like, Mm. looking at all the cultures in the world and how it plays such a big role in, you know, identity and connecting to your roots, especially as immigrants. Mm. You know, food plays such a big role in connecting to our homelands. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it plays such a big part in who we are. Yeah, and, you know, definitely. It's, it's a way to connect with other people. It's a way to share our culture. It's a gateway into, you know, new worlds. So, you know, yeah. how can you how can you hate food, right? Exactly. I don't think anybody, anybody in this planet could hate food. It's such a great bonding experience and it's definitely not specific to South Asian culture sure. either, as you we know. said before. Yeah. So switching gears a little, we mentioned at the start of the episode that we also wanted to touch on a current food-related issue that was happening in the world, mm-hmm. and that's the farmers' crisis that's happening in India right now. Yeah, for those of you who aren't aware, towards the end of last year, the Indian government passed laws which deregulate farming and eliminate the government subsidies which farmers receive. So keeping in mind that the farming population in India is so big, you know, almost 50% of the population work in agriculture, you can imagine how deregulating the farming market mm-hmm. gives space for big corporations to come in and dictate how things work. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the smaller farmers in the population fall at the mercy of the private sector. So with these changing laws, it basically means, um, to what Sandin said just before, these big corporations get to mandate the crop that the farmers grow but they also get to decide the price of the crop that they'll pay. And the farmers can't even take these corporations to court if, you know, if there's anything that goes down as well. So you can really see how these big businesses are are just taking advantage of these farmers who are not well off at all. So all of this led to farmers protesting peacefully across India, Mm -hmm. particularly in Punjab and its neighbouring states. But unfortunately, these peaceful protests have turned violent with more authority intervention. So these issues have been going on uh, from towards the end of 2020, but for a long time, um, it was not spoken about in mainstream media, but thanks to social media, it's really been brought to the forefront. Now, Hollywood celebrities like Rihanna and Greta Thunberg have started to share it, Um, but in knowing this, the Indian government also shut down the internet a few times, I think, as well, um, to stop the world from hearing more about it. Yeah, and that's something that really scares me. Like, um, Romy and I are across this issue because we're from that part of the world, right? Mm. But how many other issues and how many other stories are happening across the world that we're unaware of because it hasn't been brought to the mainstream? So I think that's something that Romy and I want to do a better job of throughout this podcast Mm -hmm. is to use it as a platform to shed light on some of the stories that aren't really spoken about. Exactly. And the biggest thing we can really do right now is spread awareness um, and just, you know, make sure you're sharing this info with friends and family. We'll post things on our social media about it as well. And looking at the bigger picture, um, you know, we've dedicated this episode to food, which is something that you and I, Rami, have in abundance, right? Yep. And a lot of our listeners would have that too. Um, I think something we need to do a better job of is being conscious of our privilege. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many people in the world that don't have the most basic human resources, right? Mm. And a lot of us are still so wasteful. Yeah. And um, we also need to be mindful of the fact that 
with our growing population and the way that we're abusing our natural resources for um, manufacturing and agriculture, especially things like fresh water, we're on track to have a major water and food crisis within our lifetime. Mm. So I think we, again, coming from a place of privilege, we need to recognize that privilege and make sure we're doing our part in taking care of the planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a really good documentary which summarizes this and explains the impact is David Attenborough's Life on Our Planet, um, which Romy recommended in our very first episode. Yep. So I encourage everyone again to check that out. Um, let's let's count our blessings and think about what changes we can make day to day. And if we all make a few sacrifices and take some of those steps, we know what the impact will be. Yep. So Romy. Mm-hmm. What's your recommendation for today's episode? Yes. So my recommendation um, is actually related to our previous episode on mental health. Um, and the recommendation is another podcast called On Purpose mm-hmm. by Jay Shetty. Um, Jay Shetty, for those of you who live under a rock and don't know who he is, um, he is a former monk and his whole mantra and I guess his purpose is to make wisdom go viral. So he makes little sort of like videos that you may have come across on Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also has this podcast called On Purpose where he talks through really practical techniques that you can implement in your life to manage stress or relationships or whatever it may be. Um, and they're just so useful and really applicable to everyday life. Um, I think he's awesome. That's so awesome. Check it out. Yeah, so um, I've seen a lot of his stuff online mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of it is a little bit fluffy. Mm-hmm. But then I listened to his podcast and I was like, actually, you know, this is where, you know, his real... Uh, in-depth knowledge comes out and I really loved it. Um, You recommended his book to me as well, Mm -hmm. Think Like a Monk, which Mm -hmm. I listened to as an audio book. And there's, you know, there's lots of like tips and uh, tricks, you know, we can apply day to day and exercises and techniques to help us better manage our stress and achieve our goals, which, yeah, yeah, I found really useful. So, so yeah, definitely check out the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of depth in there, which you might not see in all of his short stuff online. Exactly. What's your recommendation? Um, So my recommendation is related to today's, topic on food mm-hmm. um, and it's a book called they came to jaffna by indra Eastman. Mm-hmm. um so basically it's a recipe book but it's also the story of her family and her ancestry and their migration and mm. there's a lot of you know um it, it, there's like a deep dive into south asian culture kind of intertwined with these recipes mm. so there's a lot of history and a lot of like culture yeah. um lots of drawings and beautiful pictures yeah. and things which um, i really love you're holding it now and yeah. it looks so beautiful yeah yeah it's, it's it looks really great as a like a coffee table book yeah. but um yeah i think i need to spend more time reading it there's such like a wealth of knowledge in it which mm. um yeah i definitely need to explore yeah certainly yeah, and for those who aren't aware, Jaffna is actually a part, a part in the northern region of Sri Lanka as well. Yes, where my family's from. Yeah, there we go. Can we make this outro as quick as possible? Because I'm starving after that episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, guys. As always, we appreciate your support. Hit us up at stuckinbetween underscore podcast if you would like any suggestions on places you can go to try some really great South Asian food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got a plethora of places we can recommend. Yeah, certainly. And remember to follow us on Spotify and we're also available on Apple Podcasts and we'll catch you for our next episode. See you then.